right, uh, we're live, and I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the Brand Herald Podcast, and where we love talking to leaders and business people and in both for-profit and non-profit and all different walks of life about how to build awesome brands. And um, I am your host, Landon Wade. I'm the owner of Goodson Clothing and Supply, and I'm happy and excited to have uh, Liv Kaufman. And Liv, your title online is VP of Insurance and Partnerships. I get that, that right? That is correct. Hey, everybody. Yeah, and she's with Armadillo. And uh, first and foremost, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really excited to hop on this one and have this discussion. Yeah, me too. And and I love, and I think I even have shared this with you. You know, one of the first things and something that always comes, you know, kind of g- gets my attention is always just the logo and the branding. And so um, that's that's the start. And then just the history, what you know, the things that I know about. We talked a little bit beforehand about some of the people behind your company and. And just how you guys are trying to kind of revolutionize things. I'm, I'm, this is going to be fun, and, and I think people will really benefit and learn a lot more uh, as we start talking here. Absolutely. So, um, so why don't you, if you don't mind, um, let's just start to talk a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about you, where you grew up, You know, anything that you want to share that helps us get a little bit of a sense of, of you. Sure. Um, I always introduce myself and also introduce my dogs. Um, (laughs) I'm a huge dog person. If you follow me on any social platform, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, I have constant photos of them. It's so annoying, but um, I'm sitting here actually with my dogs, Leo and Tuesday. So if they interrupt us, they're just saying hi. Um, I love the names. Yes. Leo is after DiCaprio and Tuesday... (sighs) I rescued him like three months ago from a shelter in Missouri. He's almost nine and he came with the name. So no fun story there, but I call him Tuesday morning sometimes like the store. I love it. But yes, that's, that's my, my little crew. Um, I grew up very close to you, Landon, in the Louisville, Kentucky area, right across the river. Was born in Clarksville, Indiana, which is actually where the Armadillo HQ and office is. Um, but grew up in various parts of Southern Indiana, Floyd's Knobs, New Albany, that general area. Um, yeah, then moved to Indianapolis for undergraduate and since then I've kind of moved all over. I work remotely now, which is so wonderful for my moving every six months <laughs> kind of lifestyle. But yeah, me and the dogs are always on the move. Um, my partner's name is Kat. Uh, she is a tennis coach and she also has a dog named Buffy. So we're often all over the country um, together doing tennis things. And is that is a lot of the moves because of what she does for it kind of takes her to different places, takes her to different places. You kind of have to follow the school. Got it. So tell me, I got a. you went to IUPUI. I got that. I think I got that right. Yes, right? I did. Indianapolis, the downtown IU campus. Explain kind of to me the Indiana University, Purdue University thing, because it's kind of got IU branding, and yet the Purdue's in the name. So I'm kind of trying to figure out, like, help us understand the school. I really, the Purdue piece always kind of confused me, too. It was like there was a small sub-segment of Purdue, mostly in their engineering program, which is a huge, huge part of their university. Yeah. You know how some universities will have, like, like satellite campuses across the state? I yep. think that that was more the affiliation there because it was pretty much an IU instance. Um, everything was pretty much IU branded across the entire university. Like most individuals graduated not with a Purdue degree. So it was, yeah. it was a little, I think it was really good for optics for both programs. So that's why they did it. But I don't really know the story of why, but I enjoyed my time there. I learned that I really love to live downtown from going to school there. Well, Indy's downtown Indy's a great place. Yeah, and the campus is right downtown. Um, yep. 
since then I've really struggled. If I've had to live outside of a downtown environment, I kind of derail if I can't walk 500 feet to get a cup of coffee, but that is very (laughs) much a first world problem. Well, so before we move on, the next thing I want to talk about is the company, but before we do, and this is something I haven't done before. So this will be the first time I'm doing this with you. Um, just do some fun questions about you. Just just another few things to let people to get to know you personally. Like uh, the first one is what what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh gosh! Uh, right off the bat, I think about when people don't know that they have their tags sticking up out of the back of their shirt. Um, <laughs> I'm a very like intense. So appropriate for our business, too. <laughs> but if you know me, and if you've ever met me in person, you know that I'm probably one of the most intentional apparel people that you've ever met. Like if you put me in a conference setting, I will be probably repping one of the hats that you made us. But my outfits are always like, I could also leave the conference and go walk and be shot in Vogue. It's really extra, but I use it as a way to kind of get people's attention. So if they're not really at first interested in the product, maybe they'll say something about the outfit um, or think something about the outfit. It's, It's worked a little bit, but I also reverse engineer the strategy and I compliment people's like shoes and clothes like really excessively in work networking environments like that just to start a conversation. That's excellent. No, it's it's you know, working shows is tough and getting people to pay attention is so any little thing that you can do to make that happen is good. Yes. All right, next one. You mentioned it too. You talked coffee shop. What's your coffee shop drink? <sighs> okay, so I'll answer this in two ways. If I'm in Louisville or if I'm not in Louisville, because it does vary. Um <laughs> If I'm in Louisville, please and thank you, the coffee shop in Nulu. Yeah. They have other locations. but in- And they have the best chocolate chip cookie ever. They do. Um, plug to please and thank you. But um, they make a Spanish latte that is, like, out of this world. I have not had one that was that good anywhere else, and most coffee shops don't actually have them. Um, okay, so I know where I'm going after this. You should. It's, it's so good. Um, and then anywhere else, um, I, I'm a – pretty healthy person. I'm very athletic. I'm in the gym like six days a week. So where I, I I try to cut calories where I can. Um, and coffee is a very calorie dense thing. If you get a latte, the sweeteners are just kind of crazy. Um, so I usually get a sugar-free almond milk ice latte. All right. I'm writing this down sugar-free because if, when we, when we get the chance to meet in person, I got to remember this (laughs) sugar-free. Tell me again. Okay. So sugar-free vanilla. If they have hazelnut, I do like a hybrid of I do like his, yeah. And then, yeah. Iced latte, right? The Spanish latte, oh my gosh, level 10. I'm totally going to check that out. All right. You have three hours to yourself. What do you do? Sounds like you probably go to the gym. Yes. Um, So I usually go in the morning. I really value my mornings. Um, I start work generally around like eight or nine. I was going to say early riser. Big early riser. I'm usually in the gym for like an hour and a half to two hours before I start the day this morning. I did the gym, came and got the dogs, walked to get a bagel, walked back and started my work day. So that was probably like two hours. Um, but I, I love walking. That's another reason I really love this city. So if I have a chunk of time that I really don't have to do anything and I can just be mindless, it's probably a walk with the dogs down to the river, wherever that may be. That's good. I like it. Um, I've actually got into rucking. I don't know if you're familiar with rucking. No. It's just basically walking with weight in a backpack. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's kind of military-ish, um, but it's like I've just never loved running my whole life. I mean, I'm not really built for it. So, uh, 
but it's just been a way that I've just kind of gained an appreciation for walking. All right, last one. Um, you know what? And I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to go straight to you've been working. You've worked with a lot of different people. Based on what you've seen, leadership, people you've worked with, what do you think is the number one key to someone being a successful leader? What, what's that attribute? Oh, probably high EQ. Um, there you go. Not everyone in business either wants to or has enough emotional intelligence to actually just like step outside of themselves and meet their people like human to human and really think about them outside of the context of business. And that's not always the best way to like execute Mm -hmm. and move the needle and do all the things that we need to do all day long. But being able to really meet people where they're at and have empathy and have high emotional intelligence in the way that you navigate conversations and navigate really hard life things that are bound to happen to someone in our team at any point in time. I think that if you're thinking about a leader, you, you have to have that. No, it's good. I think meeting people where they are is really important. And it's, it, for whatever reason, it can be really challenging. I think that the compartmentalized culture we have sometimes where it's like, well, you're working, so that stuff doesn't bother you, right? Um, but it's just the reality is it all blends together for all of us, even even those in leadership. It's and that's even harder now so, because we work from home, at least most of us do. Yeah. Uh, a lot of us do. I, I work from home. So sometimes it's it, for the compartmentalizing piece. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just like sitting at home. Like I'm allowed to feel feelings here. And it's like, wait, no, like I'm in work mode. So it, it the, the lines have definitely blurred um, over the last couple of years on, on that specifically. So really good leadership skills are super needed. Yeah, and it takes a lot. You got to be almost even more deliberate to figure it out, like you're saying, yeah. if you're if you're in those those roles. Okay, great. I appreciate you hanging with me on that. I tell you, I listen. I, a buddy of mine is in a he has a men's ministry in my hometown of Springfield, Ohio, and he's got a podcast um, called the Pinkleton Pull Aside Podcast, and he does these. Um, he calls them the Fast Five, and it's just something that I, I really have enjoyed. It's funny. I noticed that when I listen to his podcast. One of the things that kind of gets my attention is stuff like that because I think there is genuine curiosity to get to know people. And so I think this was cool because I think it was, you know, a way to get to know you personally a little bit better. Um, and now I know what to get you when we go to a coffee shop. <laughs> so there's one stone. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. We're going to talk about Armadillo. Um, tell me a little bit about, or just kind of the first part of this, just tell me the history of the company. Um, and, you know, again, we debriefed on this a little before, but, you know, just help people understand uh, how it started uh, and just what it is. Yeah. Um, I'll start by saying that we are a very people first organization. So I'm going to introduce our people first because that will really set the stage and tell you about who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so Armadillo was founded by Lanson Robbins, who, you know, um, and my very dear friend and CEO, Matan Slagter. They're both um, massively successful individuals. I feel really grateful that I get to learn from the both of them day in and day out. But um, Lanston, as you know, he is a Louisville native. We have so many deep, deep roots in the Louisville, um, the Louisville area. Our office is in Clarksville. Our uh, CFO, Tyler Thompson, who you also know, he lives in Louisville. So I grew up in Louisville. We, we just have a lot of deep roots. So um, I'll... All of that to say, um, Lanston had founded a couple of companies in the Louisville area. Um, one is called ServiceNet. They were acquired by AIG, and that office still sits in Clarksville, Indiana. Um, he also founded a pet insurance company called Pet First, which was acquired by MetLife, which also has a large office in Clarksville, Indiana. Um, so a lot of deep roots in the insurance and warranty spaces. 
um, in the Louisville area. So he um, he had worked with Matan previously at AIG, and Matan had been at um, AIG, which is a large insurance uh, company, uh, really focused on the private client space um, for about nine years. He started as an actuary, and for those who don't talk about <laughs> insurance all day like me, um, an actuary is someone who basically prices and really has a deep understanding of, of the backside of insurance products and how they're supposed to be structured. Math wizard, yes. pretty much, right? In Yes, insurance wizard. He is Harry Potter of numbers, numbers <laughs> of insurance. I, my brain is not like that. I like the relationship part of insurance. So I'm really yeah. thankful to have him in that regard too. But he worked with AIG um, in their kind of like startup and innovation segment inside of their organization. So had a lot of really great experience with small companies that were doing things that were adjacent to the insurance world. So the two of them met and Armadillo was kind of born from their initial conversations. They knew that they both wanted to start a venture together. And Armadillo came from, from the warranty space, having a little bit of opportunity. Um, when people think home warranty, they don't always think, oh, super cool, amazing brand, concierge, property manager that I can digitally access from their phone. They think of the spammy emails that they get all day long. They think of weird phone calls. Um, so we looked at the market and there's a huge market of individuals who don't have home warranties just because of that reputational opportunity. So their goal was to step in and build the most consumer centric home warranty product in the U.S. And they did that. Um, if there's any insurance nerds on the call, you'll appreciate this. Our contract that the policy is actually written on is only two pages. Um, so mm -hmm. very simple, very transparent, and very inclusive. We bring all of those core values into the way that we do business in other regards outside of the actual <laughs> legal contract that our, our, our plan that you can subscribe to brings to the consumer. You know, a couple of things. <clears throat> One is you mentioned Pet First, and that's actually how I met Lansden, uh, was because I read the article um, about Pet First being acquired by uh, MetLife. And in it, he was quoted as – and I, I was aware of him uh, for some of the other things that he's involved in. He's involved in a lot of things, but he's been, so as you mentioned, very, very successful. And uh, so kind of admired him from a distance, was aware of him, saw this article, and they kind of were like, ah, what are you going to do now? And now that I know Lance, and I know that's a crazy question because I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to work until he, <laughs> until the day that the Lord takes him. But, um, but it's like, well – you know, I, I got a lot of other businesses and I, you know, I really like mentoring young entrepreneurs. And so I was like, well, that's interesting. I, I'm young ish entrepreneur. And so I, uh, pulled up his LinkedIn profile and sent him a message and just was like, Hey, I read this article. Um, you know, I'm a, I have, a, I have a local business. I'd love to, you know, meet you, spend some time with you. And like 20 minutes later, uh, I kid you not, he, he responded and he said, yeah, let's get coffee or lunch or something. And it was just totally a cold call. And we went to, to lunch and, you know, I had a good conversation, just got along well, and I just stayed connected through that. Um, so that was that was kind of interesting, kind of a, just a weird, like, read an article and reach out to a person. It was kind of bizarre. That is very Lanston, uh, and that same, like, culture and, like, inclusive behavior is really bled into the rest of the humans who are a part of Armadillo. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, I know for me, I try to <laughs> I try to respond to literally everyone who reaches out to me on LinkedIn, not that I met the scale of Lanston by any means, but there's so many people who cold reach out for various reasons. And I think 
being seen and having someone respond to you, even if it's a, it's a large, a large reach is super important. Yeah. I certainly appreciate how down to earth he is. I mean, I tell people, and I don't mean this, I I would never mean this negatively, but I I think in a lot of cases when you're around him, if he walked in, you'd have no idea. Uh, He doesn't carry himself as a person that would just walk around screaming that he has the type of success that he had. He's, he's just, you know, he's very down to earth guy and, and I appreciate that. So, um, so it's inter- the other thing that's interesting is I just, within the last three years, uh, bought a new house, got a home warranty with the house, used it on a few occasions. So I've got a little bit of a fresh experience with it. But that would be a nice transition to um, – and I cannot for the life of me – but I think it's one of the big ones, one of probably the – and we're not going to say their name. But um, talk to me about – because to your point, I do think it's a little bit of a hazy space for most folks. Um Maybe even like in my case, it was sort of like one of those things that just seems maybe embedded is the wrong way to say it, but it's sort of like you're you're you know you're buying a house and they say, well, you should ask for a home warranty. Oh, okay, well, that sounds good, you know. And um, but t- talk to me a little bit about what you guys specifically do and in, in the product and you know just help people understand the product maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So the product itself, I'll talk product first, and then our our distribution channels because those really play into the way that we do things a little bit differently. Um, the product itself is amazing. So it is a subscription-based property manager for your home. We honestly sometimes even just take the word home warranty out of the conversation because we've done it so differently that if you used it, you wouldn't be like, oh, this is a home warranty. This is very much concierge property manager. So you own a home. There's a lot of stuff inside of the home that is not covered on your homeowner's insurance policy. So thank your your key things like your HVAC, your electricity, your plumbing, your hot water heater. Not to mention you're scared to death to use your homeowners, even if something does oh happen gosh, because your yes. rates are going to go through the roof. Yeah. Yes. Rates are volatile in the insurance space. So it's a little bit scary. Um, but things break down. Things break down literally every single day, all the time. So when that happens, we have actually created, and uh, Landon, you'll appreciate this because you're a branding person. We've created the cutest refrigerator magnets that have a QR code for our clients and it takes them right to their claims admin page, and they can digitally request service in about a minute and 15 seconds, if I were to time it. They go in, they say what's wrong, they say what's happening, they can add additional notes if they feel that's relevant, and then they have the opportunity to do one of two things at that stage. Select one of our in-network service providers. Our product is totally available in all 50 states, so if you are in Kentucky, great. If you're in California, great. There's really no limitations on where and when you can use it. Um, And we have a network of individuals literally everywhere across all the country. Um, But we also are really big on supporting local business. We want to really pour back into the local economies where we can. And we give clients the autonomy of choice. So if I said, you know what, I want to use this HVAC technician that is my neighbor. I see his truck parked outside of his house all the time. I want to, I want to support my neighbor. I want to support someone that I know you can call local service provider, take care of the booking on your own. And then we digitally reimburse the client via Venmo or PayPal for the costs associated with the service. If it's a covered item. That's interesting. Okay. I think it's really cool. Um, A lot of other home warranty companies just kind of force book you into their providers, which yep. are good people. They're good service providers, but sometimes it just takes weeks and weeks to actually get service. Yeah. And that's not great if it's the middle of the summer, like it is right now. And your AC goes out. That happened to me about a week and a half ago. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. it's Saturday. 
I'm not even going to risk it. I scanned my QR code, filed the claims that I'm choosing my own, have had my had someone out here in an hour and a half. It was fixed in two and a half hours. And then the reimbursement was processed on Monday. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I, so here's some cognitive friction as a, as a phrase I use. I, I like throwing it out there. It makes people um, that I've got and, and something that so for me, my experience with home warranties is that, they, like I mentioned earlier, they've been embedded in the, the home buying process. This is something that I purchase, and maybe you're getting ready to talk about it in the distribution channels. Um, but like for me, it's for whatever reason, I can have this hang up of like, okay, is this a thing I'm buying personally and directly? Or is it a thing that I can only buy at the time of the home purchase? Or this is something I can put on any time? Does any of that make sense and something you've seen before or heard before? Absolutely. That's it's kind of a misconception because most people get their home warranties if they have them as a part of their real estate transaction. So naturally, Mm -hmm. real estate is a huge distribution channel for us. It's where home warranty was born. It's the most solidified ecosystem to distribute the product um, today. But for me, just speaking from my perspective, um, I come from the insurance world. I worked on the brokerage side at the beginning of my career, working with clients all day, every day, making sure that they had the best and the correct coverage for their home, their auto, their umbrella policies, boats, you name it, any personal lines insurance product that you need to protect the things that are individual to you. Um, So I I did that, but then I I started working for a homeowner's insurance carrier um, that was working directly with independent insurance agents, Um, large and small. We've worked with some of the largest national brokers, but some, again, very local, small, one to 10, maybe 15 people down the road in Louisville. There's, There's agencies on every single block of people that are very local that know their communities really well that should have the autonomy to give them coverage for anything they might need in their home. So that's a huge mm-hmm. part of what I do on a day-to-day basis with our distribution partners is educate insurance agents on the Armadillo product and teach them to talk to their clients about it, talk to their clients about it alongside of selling or consulting on their homeowner's insurance because the two really, really go hand in hand. And to your question, you don't just have to get it at point of sale in a real estate transaction. You can get it at any point in the life cycle of your home, whether you've had your home for five years, 10 years, 30 years. We don't really have any age restriction nuances to our product. So it doesn't really matter what at all. It's going to be covered if it's a covered item. If not, it's not. But we removed over 80% of the things that are typically not covered in a home warranty instance. So left us with a pretty pretty strong yeah. claim satisfaction rate when things break down in individuals' homes. So just to reflect and make sure I understand, so it's still, am I understanding it right that I'm still essentially purchasing it through an agent? You can't. Or am I misunderstanding? You can't, but I can also purchase it direct purchase, from Armadillo? You can purchase it directly through Armadillo. You can purchase it through a independent agent. We have some in Louisville. We have some in, across yep. in Ohio. Um, you can also at any point go on our website and what you can talk to yeah. one of our folks internally, we'll talk you through the coverage. So however you want to be a client of Armadillo's, you have, you have the choice. Can you give any kind of range on what plans typically cost? Yeah, it really depends on what you're looking for in terms of coverage. We have a relatively basic plan that's about $31 a month. So really, really digestible monthly costs. But if you're looking for something 
that is going to cover your really, really expensive appliances. Maybe you have like $8,000 appliances inside of your home for every single instance. Uh, we have a plan that accommodates those. That's about $109 a month. Um, so it, it's really, it's up to you. You can customize it. We can help you customize it. You can choose varying deductibles that you're comfortable with um, for those service instance. So we, I think we really have a product for everyone. So that's the range, though. I mean, you know, generally speaking, not, you know, is is that kind of 30 to 110-ish yep. a month, depending on what you... And then I'm, I'm just curious, just very specific, and this is why I'm sure where Matan has come in, right, is, is, is all the all the mathematics and everything that has to go on in the background to figure out what those should be. Yes. But so like when you're figuring out what you're going to cover, I mean, are we putting you guys having people put in SKUs or I mean, serial numbers and things like that on the things that are actually going to be covered? Is it to that degree of uh, detail? Yes and no. Um, so we have the embedded items. So all of your systems, appliance and household items. So systems mm-hmm. think AC and cooling appliances, think your water heaters, your trash compactors, kitchen yep. items. And then for some household items like garage door openers, some of the smaller things that could that could break down. But you can add on and customize after that. So if you're like, you know what, Liv, I have a pool and I have a spa. I want to make sure that if something breaks down mechanically from a pool and spa standpoint, I have coverage for that. If you have septic systems, if you have external lines coverage that's excluded from your homeowner's insurance policy, you can really add and endorse a lot of unique items that the customer can choose after they pick their base plan. That's probably where it helps to work with an agent sometimes to help you understand what you what coverage you do have in your homeowner's plan. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what kind of deductibles are there? Does that depend? Or? Yep. So for the standard plan, which is our most popular plan, it's my favorite, you can select a $75 deductible, $100 deductible, or 150 Got it. Yeah, it's really interesting to me because, you know, even as you were talking right there, I mean, I'll – in, in things for whatever reason you just don't think of, like you mentioned three or four things. I mean, my house is on a septic system, so I have that exposure. Uh, not sure whether that's covered on my homeowners or not, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we've got some pool equipment that, that I don't think I have any coverage for right now. And, and uh, you know, so it's, I'll probably be pursuing signing up after we, uh, after we wrap up. So, <laughs> Yay. but no, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, okay. So, one of the things we'll go just kind of quickly transition to is, uh, you know, obviously the space that we're in, the branded clothing and promotional supplies space. You know, typically we're working with customers in, I mean, generally speaking, four areas. It's their environment or space, so their office. In your case, it's uh, you guys have an office in Clarksville, but you also have a lot of remote folks. So that's clearly, I mean, the sort of the environment space part of our business has changed a lot the last few years. Yeah. Uh, it, stuff that's given to employees, stuff that's given to customers. And, uh, and things that's given away at events, everything from trade shows to smaller-scale events. I know that um, you guys are still young as a company, and there's not a t- we haven't done a ton for you. I know that the very first thing I did was uh, an order of hats for Lansden, uh, even, I think, maybe before you guys officially launched. I'm actually or very wearing close one. To- I'm wearing the white one right now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. And Lansden was very specific about his hat, so I, I, I counted it a personal victory that I found a hat that he liked. Um, Although we really just took a hat from, I think, a horse race that he found, and he said, I love this. Can we duplicate it? And we did, and that happens often. That's amazing. Um, and then also we did the camp mugs, which actually I'm going to talk about that a little bit in a second because I think that the w- there was some challenges there, and I do think that that speaks to um, something I think that goes to the character for our company. And then obviously the, the components to the kits um, that are kind of onboarding kits. 
So, um, like for example, um, and this is, I mean, this goes to the reason I wanted to do a podcast and have a, you know real and authentic conversations, which is we had those camp mugs come to you. Uh, I think we turned them around in a rush, and unfortunately, we had a problem with the imprint, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so I always, you know, when I was, my dad was in, my dad still works, he works for me now, I worked with my dad for a long time, and we always used to say that, you know, you don't find out a lot about um, who you're dealing with until something goes wrong. So, you know, usually people perform well and things go well. It's, it's you know, when, when you have a challenge, hopefully people see whether you got a vendor or a partner, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I wanted you to talk about that situation. I mean, I, we haven't really debriefed on it. I know that Alex took care of it. We got new product out there. Uh, seemingly is okay. But why don't you talk a little bit about that? Just, you know, just about the experience, uh, the disappointment of that happening and then how it it maybe got handled. Yes. And I'm going to first pivot over to like my ownership part of this going a little bit bad because it was definitely a little bit of poor planning that we needed to rush those items. Uh, We had a lot of really uh, fun and important conferences going up and as a small company with a lot of things going on, um, designing mugs, was something that kind of slipped our mind <laughs> for a second and getting those finished and making sure that the language was perfect. So, um, yes, so definitely, definitely, um, definitely all that, but we, we were going to a conference in two conferences back to back in Boston and New York, which were an absolute blast. Um, but we needed some mugs, um, and we needed a lot of them pretty quickly. We gave them away. They were a massive hit, like visually, our booth got stopped at. People were not even wanting to talk about what we were doing. They're like, can we have a mug? Can we have a mug? Like they were an absolute hit. And I personally love the campfire mugs. When we, we were initially having the discussions with you and Alex, I literally went to my kitchen and I was like, okay, I love this orange mug. Can we like do this, but armadillo? So I guess me and Lanson have that in common. Um, but yeah, we, we rushed it. It was a little bit of a rush on our side and, um, my CEO, Matan, washed one of them when he got home, and part of the part of the imprint came off in the dishwasher. But after that, oh my gosh, Alex was amazing. He was, I think, a little bit mortified because he was really excited that we got them in time. Um, yeah, and I was also really excited that we got them in time. And he even had a lot going on and made sure it still happened. But um, so, thank you to Alex if you're listening. But. He, yeah, it's it's always disappointing when you work on something and on both sides, especially when you try to get something done quickly and then it happens, which is always like you're kind of, you know, best laid plans. Right. But sometimes things go go poorly and then something like that happens. Yes. And it definitely is disappointing. But he was so supportive that next Monday after we'd figured out that one of the mugs had a little bit of imprint failure and he was like, try this. Maybe it was this, try this. Let's wash like another one. Like he gave me very clear action items and that was extremely helpful. And then there was a very nice discount on the next order. So we left happy. The mugs are still a hit. I'm going to another conference in that distribution channel in a couple of weeks at the Lake of the Ozarks, which will be fun. Um, And I'm taking like 50 of them that I still have in a box in my house. So they're awesome. They were ultimately a really great hit, and you guys did everything you could to make it right, and you definitely did. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, it's one of the I, – I think that really what we determined was that there may have been just a slight um, – not slightly not enough curing time yeah. or something for the imprint. And um, so we got, we got that fixed. And, we, and, you know, again, we 
look for partners on the back end exactly like we hope to be on the front end, and that is companies that stand behind the work that they do. And um, and then the tell me a little bit about how the um, – because uh, I know you know onboarding kits and things like that, as we talked about at the very beginning – there's lots of ways to go with it, uh, and you could spend about as much money as you want to spend. And we've we've tried to obviously be smart about what's being invested there, but also do something that's really cool. So I know those components have come in. To, can you tell me a little bit about how that's going? So we've only hired one person since we actually got the stuff. So there you go. Um, I believe Tyler will probably be getting that box out soon. Yeah. But we have a kind of new strategy for them with the rest of the team. Um, we've all been onboarded kind of at various times and in different locations and. Again, it's kind of a get in, let's get, let's hit the ground running, let's execute, let's learn, let's grow. Um, So in startup world, you don't always take a step back and reflect. Um, And we're really excited that we get to do that in September. We're actually going to come to Louisville um, and have a all team offsite. Um, So a lot of the fun branded items that we've already gotten from you are going to be a part of a group gift that each member is going to get. Once they get to the offsite, I'm especially excited. This is so nerdy, but we made some custom tissue paper that has our logo on it. And it's just like white and orange. And it is literally the cutest stuff I've ever seen. Um, so I'm so excited, of course, for the like the actual gifted items. But I think that that was the, like, the best touch ever. Um, so when you open the box, it's not only Armadillo branded items. It's not only items custom for you, but... Everything is wrapped up in armadillo tissue paper. So what I love about that, and again, we did talk about this when we were going through the process, is you know a lot of people have seen you know onboarding kits from like you know Silicon Valley companies that have raised millions of dollars, and uh, they're very expensive. A lot of money gets put into those kits, but it's you can you can really customize things in ways that are more economical. So the tissue paper, we did custom tape, I believe, yep. uh, for you guys, and. And so, you know, you can take standard packaging, like even, you know, Uline boxes or the like, or you can still do a custom box. Uh, But a lot of times people get surprised because they find that the amount of money just invested in packaging and shipping, if if they're shipping them to people, can really eat up a lot of the budget they were hoping for and doesn't leave a lot of money for product. Um, And so figuring out ways to create what you're describing, um, kind of a cool, unique branded experience, but not doing, you know, doing it in a way that doesn't break the bank or doesn't overly put over uh, too much stress on your budget uh, is why we love the tissue. We love the tape. We love stickers on the outside of boxes, anything that we can do that's very cost effective to give it a very custom look, but, but do it um, uh, with an eye towards cost. I've also used Um, that tissue paper a little bit for some external partners. Um, And to that point, super low cost. Like I put a hat, a handwritten note with some tissue paper in a little box and ship it to someone, that is an incredibly tasteful partnership gift. And again, really, really low cost, but very meaningful. Um, and the, I mean, that the branding speaks for itself. People take photos of that stuff. They post it on social and then people are thinking about you. So it's the little touches that really, I think, are the best investment. And you guys were so thoughtful in helping us make those decisions. Yeah, no, it's and and your brand is fun to work with. I mean, which I mentioned kind of at the very beginning, and I know that you have talked to me about how uh, much you've enjoyed working with the agency that helped you guys develop. Um, you know, it's like you come up with this concept, and there's a lot of passion around the way you want to do things, and then when you fuse that, when somebody gets the aesthetics of what you're wanting to do right, super exciting, and uh, and you guys have a very unique look. And I know that we've already talked about. You know, the brand being very, you know, I'm on your, I'm on your webpage and it's, it's very clear here, you know, radical customer centricity. 
keeping it simple, huge focus on tech and the supporting of local businesses and, you know, all those kind of things that are driving what you guys are doing. Um, tell me just, you know, we're, we're getting close here on time. Uh, got maybe five or 10 minutes left looking forward. Um, as you guys continue to grow, I mean, to whatever degree you're comfortable, tell me, you know, from here, I mean, you've got the all, all hands meeting coming up in September. Um, sky's the limit really. Is it just continuing forward to try to create more partnerships with agents, uh, and get in front of more people and just gradually just keep this flywheel turning? Gosh, we we have a, a lot of fun initiatives happening internally, and I can't share everything, unfortunately, just because some of it is going to be built and we're yep. going to want to talk about it. Um, but we have three really strong channels of distribution. The third I can't talk about with you today, but it is one of my favorite parts of what mm-hmm. we do all day long. Um if anyone has any questions on that, we we could talk about it later. But we're we're growing dramatically in all three distribution channels, um, including um, we just we just onboarded someone internally to really really iron out sales processes for all three channels. So it's growth, it's technology development, it's making changes to things that we needed to change for partners. We mm-hmm. we're at a stage where our early stage partnerships are the most important to us because they're our users and they're giving us feedback and they're helping us grow. So having really candid conversations like we're having today with some of our partners to help learn the things that we need to learn because we're not the ones who actually are using the distributor portal on the agency side. So we don't know what, what is inefficient and what isn't. Um, But lots of growth, um, lots of growth from claims from technology to, basically every channel of distribution and service. Um, the product is already amazing, but I am personally so excited to see what it looks like in two years from now, because there's growth in every channel. There's growth in a lot of areas that are very much behind the scenes that are going to be so service centric. Um, one of our, one of our people who is very, very claim centric and what she does all day, every day, her name is Taylor. Um, she lives in Atlanta and I learn so much from her all day, every day. And what our claims process today, which, as I mentioned to you, is completely digital, very innovative. What it's going to be in a year from now is going to be exponentially better than it is today. So it it's just an exciting place to be. It's exciting to work with a really small group of people with a really unified goal um, and to have the support of some of our large partners, our largest um one of our one of our distribution partners is also an investor so that's really special um we did our rate uh, a series a at the beginning of the year that was led by um the venture fund that's attached to um one of the largest brokerages in the insurance space in the u.s so they're they're an incredible partner so they've invested monetarily in us but they're also investing in distribution so we just have that's a lot of credibility yeah lots of credibility lots of support we have the right people in the right place at the right time um so i would say that we're we're one to watch from a growth standpoint so um yeah for sure i hope that answered your question that was a lot it does no it does and i i knew asking it that especially in this case that there would be some things that you're not comfortable sharing but i you know, it's a good question for me to ask just because I think when people are listening to this, I know if I were listening to it, uh, just even if it's vague, even if it has to be vague, it's okay because I think it just gets people thinking through. I mean, for example, I mean, the one thing that you can't pick up is distribution channels. I shared with Lansden that just in the short time that I've known him and the few times I've, I've spent time with him, I, 
I've gotten to see some of his, you know, higher level strategy and when he when he starts companies, you know, the companies that he started and sold and the one that he started and the ones that he's involved in now. You know, and, and it's things that it seems silly to say, but it's things that I didn't necessarily think about on the front end of some of the things that I've done. You know, how do you scale something quickly? Um, if you have a business that has a product or service that's valuable, you know, you got to, there's really only a few ways on a very basic level to go get customers. I mean, you can go get them all yourself, which is, could take a long time and it's really expensive, especially in today's day and age with how busy, just, just, I I can't think of the right word, cluttered everyone's, uh, life is with respect to social media and more. Um, or you can create partnerships where you find the people who have the customers that you need and figure out a way to have them get it in front of those people. And so those are all, you know, to me, that's all really important. Those are important lessons to understand and really valuable to understand because they're not, they're strategies that make sense. I think when you hear them, but people don't always think that way when they're starting companies. Um, partnerships is just so fun because you get to just grow with so many different types of people. And as a small org, getting really big partners or getting really engaging partners, it makes you feel like not as small of an organization, if that makes sense. Like I lean on my partners so much to like keep me motivated and to keep me energized and keep the vision of the brand in front of me all day, every day. And I I couldn't do it without them. Well, and you get a lot of people that have done it before. They're looking at what you're doing and they quickly can tell you, Hey, We've done this a lot of times and what you're doing is going to work or it's not going to work. And that's invaluable. You know, so, you know, time is the most valuable thing we have and we, we can't afford to waste it. And, uh, you know, to have Lansden and, and companies and investors and people behind them that know what best practices are to make something successful. is insanely valuable. Absolutely. Um, tell, uh, what's the best way I know we, we talked a little bit, we've hit on this maybe throughout our conversation, but just tell people the best way uh, to connect with you, uh, with Armadillo, and to learn more? Honestly, connect with me on LinkedIn. It's one of my favorite platforms to engage on. There's a lot happening. So if you throw me a connection on LinkedIn, I will happily say hello. Um, but my email is also just live at armadillo.one. So drop a line. I'd love to grab a virtual coffee or if a coffee, uh, actual coffee if we're local. Um, and I can get you in the right hands if it's not me. That's awesome. And the website is armadillo.one. Armadillo.one. Uh, if you're interested in yeah. becoming a client, you can walk yourselves through the the plan options there, or you can t- chat with one of us and we'll help you walk through it. Very good. Well, Liv, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, it's been, I've really enjoyed it and I have, I've, I've learned more and I feel like I'm walking away with even a little bit more that I can share with our team to make sure we continue to help you guys more. Um, but, you know, I appreciate that we get the opportunity to be to play a small part in uh, you got your success uh, as it continues to go forward. And uh, I look forward to seeing how far you guys can take it. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you. Um, we would be very, very boring at trade shows and conferences if we did not have the stuff that you've given given to us. I literally wear this hat that you and Lanston designed on like 90% of my meetings. So they are used and abused. I've probably been through three. (laughs) So you guys are the best. Um, We really appreciate you. Yeah, likewise. And I know that based on what you told me, you're probably itching to get Leo and Tuesday out on a walk. So I'm going to let you get to that (laughs) and to to keep revolutionizing the uh, home, home insurance business. So thanks again. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. 